Welcome to the 184th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on June 2nd, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show. With me is my co-host and snappy dresser, Carlos Rodella. How's it going, Carlos? Hey, I missed those little quips you say about me. That's nice to have them back. Um, I took them out because, man, it's hard to come up with a new one every week. And I just was, like, really racking my brain trying to come up with them. But if I don't come up with one, the intro doesn't sound right to me. So I brought them back because I need that tempo. Yeah. But God damn, it is hard to come up with a fresh one every week. It is much harder than you'd think. No, I think it is hard to do that. But I also appreciate it because I sometimes am like, yes, it's me again. But now, uh, with this kind of intro, I can, like, you know, play off it. Yes, and. And yes, say and. say that I am not a snappy dresser. And uh, I have literally no clothing. And I need to buy more. Are you recording naked right now? <laughs> no, I am wearing something. But I mean... <laughs> I have very few options of what to wear. Let's just put it that way. Oh, well, okay. At least you're not naked because that just that just puts a horrible image in my head. I don't know if I can record like that. So no, put on, you put shouldn't. on some shorts or something. Yeah, yeah. and also um, I'm very uncomfortable just like doing a podcast naked. I don't think I have ever done that or will ever do that. As far as we know. Um. No, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to well, do that. I'm, Well, I'm not going to go back. We're not going to verify. It's trust. We're going to just trust you on this one. We're not going to check into it. Um, all right, so here we are. It's June 2nd. Uh, we're going to do the show as usual, but before we get into that, Carlos, um, as we usually do, we have a little bit of housekeeping at the top of the show, and I'm going to start off this week uh, with just a real brief message. Um, we don't usually go into like a ton of politics. You know, We try to keep it light. We try to keep it fun for folks, uh, but it's a little bit impossible to notice that America around us is burning to the ground. Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff happening uh, with Trump and the police and the riots and people getting hurt. It is fucking chaos out there right now. It's a really dark time. It's a really stressful time. And we were not even sure if we were going to even record. I mean, it feels a little bit silly to be talking about video games when I feel like the fate of the country is at stake right now. But the reason that we're recording is that we did have a number of people reach out to us via Twitter and via direct message and say that they do come to the show as a little bit of escape from reality. Like, you know, as much as you want to fight the good fight, as much as you want to pay attention to politics and, and, and protest and all that stuff, we're all human. We all just need like a five minute break here and there. We just need just a second to just kind of just catch our breath and regroup. And we had a number of people who say that our show serves that purpose for them. Um, and they thanked us for that. And that was really... Um, meaningful that really made me feel better about recording this week i'm sure it probably made you feel better so in light of that i mean we 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 do not do this lightly we don't want to seem like we're just recording and like it's no big deal we definitely are very cognizant of what's going around us um i mean very very close to my home as a matter of fact a lot of stuff going down uh but we do want to say thank you to the people that reached out and we are very grateful that even i mean even if all we can do is make this podcast about games and make a couple of people laugh who really need that that break from reality, that two minutes of stress relief, if we can provide that, I feel like that's a good service and it's worth doing. Um, so that is the context in which we are recording this week. Um, it's not our usual light, carefree, laissez-faire sort of thing, but we're doing this with a purpose because we want to be a bit of an oasis to those who need it. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing. Carlos, any thoughts? No, well said. Um, yeah, I think that it's definitely in the foreground, forefront. What's the word? 
for... I mean, either of those, I think. Yeah, it's it's in our minds uh, constantly. Obviously, it has to be. But I think it's, um, you know, for mental health, it's actually very, very good to step away from it for a little bit because there is, kind of like you alluded to, only so much you can do in one day. And we, you know, me personally, uh, I use uh, the podcast and our conversation for this kind of distraction, as well as video games themselves. The games we're going to be talking about today are things that have essentially saved my mental health. You know, they have saved my, I don't want to say life, but they've definitely changed my life for the better on a daily basis. So if I get inundated with, you know, tough stuff to deal with, I'll go over to, as you'll hear about soon, Fallout 76 and lose myself in that world for a while and then go back and address the issues and try to, you know, fight the good fight, like you said. So we're trying our best. uh, We're dealing with it. But I think at the same time, yeah, video games being at what they are right now and how much of a world you can escape into, um, it's just a really helpful thing, I think, for a lot of people. And also just talking about them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. agreed. I mean, I do the same thing, too. I mean, I we have a lot on our plates right now. My wife is in a nonprofit, and so she's dealing with a lot of issues. I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going down. And it, it's like a lot, man. It's like a lot. Like, it can really build up. And there's... Like you said, there's only so much you can do in a day and there's, you know, you can't take on the whole world and solve it in a day. And sometimes your brain just needs to let a little bit of that steam off. And I mean, that I've, I've been playing some games too. Fortunate enough to have a place and some games to play. I mean, not everybody's that fortunate right now. Uh, so I really appreciate that. And uh, we're going to bring hopefully some stress relief to other people out there who need it. So thank you very much for uh, listening, folks. Thank you for letting us know how you feel because your emails and your messages um, really did make a difference with us this week, it really kind of gave us the impetus to keep recording. I wasn't sure what we're going to do, but uh, it, it is solely up to your messages and your kind words that uh, let us move forward. So hopefully you will feel that stress relief that we want to deliver and you'll just take a quick break and uh, we'll get back to fighting the good fight afterwards. So, yes. All right. There we go. There we go. We will now create the Oasis uh, space. Carlos, <laughs> you have some <laughs> very appropriate sound effect. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, turning it over to you really quickly for some housekeeping. You had a couple things you wanted to talk about before we dive into games, right? Yeah. Um, and this is actually part of what we just talked about. Um, what are some things that I do for escape and for, and I think escape's the wrong word. Distraction's better because escape means if you yeah, don't believe yeah. that it's like happening and you're like, I'll just go over here. Uh, That's can, true. Good you, point. Yeah. You can go over there in a distraction, but just be aware and be, uh, you know, understanding what's happening. But uh, for a distraction and for uh, humor and also for video game chat. So I watch shows on YouTube and one of them I watch all the time, like continually. And I like just put it on to hear him talk about RPGs while I'm like cooking breakfast or whatever is click for gameplay. Now it doesn't roll off the tongue and I know, and it's four, the number four. So number, click, I was just going to ask you if it was a number four. Yeah. Click for gameplay. He reviews every RPG. He's a big fan of Elix. Ooh, okay. Must right. be a good guy then. He's a good yeah. guy, yeah. He talks about Elix 2, which, by the way, they're making. I I heard that they were in the process of it. I'm very excited. But, God damn it, I got to go back and finish the first one. You never finished the first one? Dude, I got so far in Elix. I love Elix. It's so great. But I had a bunch of fourth quarter potential GOTY reviews that I had to get to. And I just oh. I had to put it aside. And I just haven't got back to it. But I love Elex. It's so good. Well, he talks about Elex. He talks about Elex, too. And he actually has a video up right now why you should play Elex in 2020. 
which is Everybody perfect. should play it anytime, all the time. Yeah. So, anyways, he reviews every RPG. He'll go through, like, old-school uh, RPGs and new stuff. He'll, like, look at preview ones for just to see what they're, like, doing right, like, with combat and stuff. I'm an RPG freak. I love his channel. Click for gameplay. Check it out. Um, he'll always have something, if you're interested in RPGs, that you'll want to watch. Um, and the other one I just want to really quickly mention was Defunct Games. Uh, yes, yes. Friend of the show, essentially, right? At this point. Yeah, I know. I know. I know him. Uh, yeah, very well. We played a lot of uh, Fortnite together. Absolutely. So, incredible. He just doesn't stop making content. I love it, especially because he's a he machine, goes, dude. He, he does more than anybody else I know. Oh, yeah. And I thought I made a lot of stuff. So, right now, he's working through one of my favorites. He's going through a lot of Turbo Graphics games. Uh huh. Yeah. And he, right now, has one video up where he literally goes through EGMs which is Electronic Gaming Monthly, a magazine that we both grew up with, which is amazing. And, yeah, he goes through all of their reviews of all the Turbo Graphics games in one video. Every and, single one, right? Like, he does, he does, I've, I've talked to him before. His name is Cyril. He lives, he actually lives not too far from me, not too far from us, as a matter of fact. Um, and he has all sorts of uh, game magazines, like this huge collection, and he goes through, he did all sorts of videos, like really comprehensive, like, super crazy data mining and like these really impressive compilations of, of stats and stuff. Uh, super cool fountain of information. He's got a lot of really cool stuff on his channel. Yeah. And including this one series where he actually goes through old games and lets you like see the endings to them, which oh, I think yes, is, yes, yeah, yes. it's great because like lots of times you don't want to go through the frustration of like an NES game, Famicom game, or even a turbo game. And you do want to see the ending. Cause you remember back when you were a kid or something, you never beat it. Um, so that was true with, he just went through the bonk games, which are my favorite games. And I don't think I'd beat the last one, which was one for super Nintendo. And so I got to see the ending to that. Um, yeah, just super cool. Defunct games with a T at the end, D E F U N C T. Go check him out. He's a machine and I really appreciate all the work he does. Like people appreciate our podcast. I appreciate his video series. Yeah, he, he reviews more indies than, like, anybody I know. He cranks out the content. Like, I don't even know how he does it. And it's uh, it's all really great stuff. I really dig uh, Cyril's slant on things, and uh, he's a good guy. Yep. All right, that's my housekeeping. Those are two other things that can help you uh, get some distraction. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you for sharing those. And with that, we bring housekeeping to a close. Uh, and as our usual, uh, no bullshit in the podcast policy uh, requires. We are going to get straight into the games right now. No fat on this show. Carlos, um, let's stick with you for a minute here. Uh, let's start off with Trails of Cold Steel. I've heard about this RPG, or I guess a JRPG specifically series, forever and ever. I've heard lots of people swear up and down it's one of the best JRPG series out there. Um, I Not something for me because I think I'm really burned out on JRPGs. I don't know if I'll ever come back to them, but uh, for people who like them, I mean, this one is apparently at the top. What is the what is the deal with Trails of Cold Steel? Yeah, I've always wanted to play the third one because that's the, the newest one, and then I always get ready to download it, and then find myself on YouTube going like, should I start Trails of Cold Steel 3 would be for playing Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2? And then every video goes, no, you should play the first two first. Uh, and then That's some what I hear also. You got to do them in order. Yeah. And some say I should go back to the early, tra the, like the fire in the sky one or whatever it is, Trails. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. So, um, But I got convinced. I was like, okay, I could use a turn-based RPG right now. Um, 
and I know the first one's turn-based. I don't know if they all are turn-based, um, but I definitely the first one is. So I go, okay, fine. They're all on PS4. Why not? Like, if they're all there, that means I can eventually play all of them right there on my PS4. So I did it. I drank the Kool-Aid, and I downloaded it. What's interesting, and I love doing this. I've mentioned this on the show before. Highly recommend it for people who, again, want extra distraction. To watch a show that has something a little bit like the game you're playing. It's a really fun combo to have two pieces of media like that. So I was watching, and still am watching, The Great on Hulu. And it's a fantastic series. I have um, no idea what that is. What's about? It's a series with... Um, I always forget her name. It doesn't matter. It's a, like the Victorian era. It's about Catherine the Great, I believe. And it's actually from the people who worked on The Favorite, which is an incredible movie. Uh, kind of comical, like old school. Um, it takes place in Russia with the emperor and the new empress. But she's like not from there. And she's kind of just brought in to be like his his wife and to be the empress, but not really like from lineage etc and so she doesn't like the whole deal what's going on there and she's more sensible about things and they're like just doing how they've done it you know for years and years and years which is kind of crazy time is that the one that has like the lesbian love triangle in it i don't think there's a lesbian love triangle maybe i'm thinking of a different one because what you're kind of describing sounds to me like this like uh no it's not it's not a porno folks it was some some period piece that came out won some awards and it was about like the queen had like these two right that's the movie i think courtiers. you're thinking the favorites is that the one yeah that's the but movie she was like a that's the one that has a lesbian love triangle in it yeah i i guess it's i wouldn't call it a love triangle because i watched that movie and it's mainly about like um it's emma stone and she comes in and in, in similar like she similar fashion she comes in she's like a commoner she's not supposed to be there but then she gets her, you know she becomes the favorite of the queen and that does yeah okay that sounds like it so that okay. sounds like we're talking anyways we're way okay. off the rails the point is i'm watching a show about class systems and commoners and elites and that kind of thing and i'm filled with like you know frustration but also like interest and then that's what the trail series starts out as and i'm not sure if it keeps doing that but it is really about you go to a school system so it's similar to persona where you've it's a military school and you've got to like be basically uh trial by fire um like fight monsters and see how good you are with your skills but you're part of a class that is at the school that's made up of not just elites and not just commoners but you're a mix so they literally are throwing in different um societal systems okay okay i was like man where is this going why are we talking about emma stone and Catherine the great okay but you right. brought it around so i get you now okay Ugh, i my my head's a little bit of a flutter so i apologize <laughs> i mean no it makes sense i mean it, it, where you got there made sense i was just like god damn what is what is happening like i don't where how is this going to connect how you is made, this going to connect to an rpg okay all right we're so good. we're here and it is a jrpg with a class system I mean, literally in the beginning of the game, you like are there's two people like a commoner and an elite status person. They're like yelling at each other because like they just don't like where, you know, each other's coming from mentally. So it's really weird. Um, long story short, it's a JRPG action. I mean, turn based and it's fun. But then there's definitely the persona element where, OK, it's your day off. Do what you want. Go do errands. Go talk to people. Join clubs. And that's what some people love in Persona, 
And that's what usually gets me to go, because I get a little bored with doing all the other stuff. And how are you on that? You you like the other stuff, right? In Persona well, games? Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of burned out on Persona with Persona 5. I didn't finish it. But I did play, like, a lot of the Personas before Persona 5. And I did enjoy that. I did enjoy the... Um, the side stuff, making the relationships and the links and doing the side activities. That was actually a high point of the, of the series for me. I think I like doing that stuff more than I like doing the dungeon stuff. So I, mm. I do enjoy that part. See, I wanted the more of the dungeon stuff. So that's why um, at some point I was like, I gotta, maybe I won't do this whole series. Cause if the whole series is that back and forth, then that's just a lot of time. Like, I just feel like I waste, I don't want to say I waste time, but I feel like I do. I mean, that's JRPGs right there is they're time wasters, bro. I mean, that's all they do is they suck up huge chunks of your life. I mean, No, but JRPG being like, if I'm grinding, I don't feel like I'm wasting time. But if I'm going through school and trying to join a club, hmm. I guess the grind is in the grind of the beholder, man. Because, like, I right. think the club stuff is really interesting, but the combat is, like, super boring grind. But you like the grind, so Ooh, I guess I it comes down idea. to what you, I guess it comes down to what you like. What? Yeah, I'll, so here's what I'll do. Is somehow I'll save you, I'll send you my save data for this game and then you could play all the school stuff and then you send the <laughs> same data back grinding. Yeah, okay. and I'll grind <laughs> and then we'll joint finish a game together 50% completion equaling 100% completion okay uh, interesting we won't do that but anyways we will I, not do that I think that I might I might bounce I really was excited to just like lose myself in it and it was paired nicely with the show that I was watching but I don't know if I can do that much school stuff so I mean, I think, I mean, again, I haven't played the series myself, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And if you don't like that school stuff and the relationship stuff, like that's what people say makes the game so good. So if you're only in it for the combat, you might as well bounce because I don't think that's what people like about it. Okay, but I, I will say this in my closing statement. I don't not like the interactions and the story stuff I've seen because I like the class system stuff. I like them addressing things. They were talking about like a smartphone before smartphones. There's like, there's a lot of interesting things there and dynamics and a little bit of dating, a little bit of weird kind of dating as well. Teach- <laughs> weird. Well, weird dating is my favorite dating. <laughs> well, it's a teacher basically like is very into any anybody who like will give her the time of day and she's flirting all the time. So. You know, if you're into that, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, I would have really been into that when I was in high school. Maybe not so much now, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, maybe I'll give another shot. And who knows? On this podcast, we definitely give games another shot and then end up loving them. Uh, sometimes, so, yeah, sometimes. I'm just, I'm just saying foreshadowing for this episode. For, uh, <laughs> foreshadowing, foreshadowing. To, All I, right, good. To finish a loop, loop it's Al Fanning, Nicholas Holt. It is. She does play Catherine the Great. It's called the Great Miniseries. Um, you real. I mean, if you like that era uh, and want to know more about Catherine the Great, it's loosely based on the real story, but it's. It, I think it's fantastically told and really interesting. Excellent, excellent. Uh, not my jam, but if you are into that historical stuff, sounds like a big thumbs up from Carlos. All right, that's it. All right, moving on. I wanted to circle back to a game that I talked about last week, Neocab. Uh, it is the visual novel on Switch. has kind of a cool, semi-realistic, semi-cartoony art style, which is pretty eye-catching. It's about playing the, one of the last remaining Uber drivers in a city that's being taken over by automated cars, which are run by this kind of like 
big brother uh, tech company. Uh, I mean, a lot of like real world parallels going on. And the gameplay, uh, I, th- I believe I mentioned last week, is really analogous to um, the old HBO series Taxi Cab Confessions, if anybody's ever seen that. So basically the gameplay is that you drive a- an Uber cab and you talk to the fares that you pick up. And most of the game is just you hearing them out and like, you know, commiserating with them or, you know, talking with them about what's going on. And then you drop them off and then that's that's it. You move on to the next fair. It's pretty, pretty cool. I really like that aspect of it. Um, I think the art's great. I think the the pace of play is pretty good. It's a real interesting visual novel. And I got to say, the Switch is really um, building up a killer row of visual novels. They've had a lot of yeah. really, really good ones lately. Um, which is great because there's there's a lot of bad ones, but there's a lot of really good ones on the Switch. And this one started out as a really, really good one. I wrapped it up uh, yesterday, finished it yesterday. And I have very rarely had such a turnaround on a game as I had on this one. I started out really liking this, really going to want to recommend it to all the visual novel folks. Uh, but when I finished this game, I, <laughs> I, was, I was actually pissed off and angry. And oh, no. I got really, really mad at how poorly that game ended. Uh, the writing in that game, it's weird. Okay, so, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, right? So, if you still want to play Neo Cab, like, most of that experience is pretty cool. Like, I think almost all of it is pretty good. It's just the main storyline that is in between you giving people rides is maybe not so great. And how they wrap it up drove me up a fucking wall. Like, mm. I could not believe it. Um, so, not to spoil anything... But basically what happens is uh, in this game, you have a device on your wrist called, uh, I want to say it's a feel grid or something like that. Basically, it's a mechanic in the game where this little wristwatch thing tells you how you're feeling. So if you're mad, it's red. If you're sad, it's blue. If you're scared, it's green. You know, you get the idea, basically. So as you go through the game, the, the feel grid will change colors and that will sometimes give you extra responses to say in the dialogue or sometimes it'll block off dialogue responses like if you get really mad i find that the things you get to say are are much more limited it'll say something like you you pick something and it'll say i'm way too mad to say that or like Mm. oh i can't even think about that right now and it just kicks you back to the the other choices i wasn't too crazy about that because honestly despite the fact that the conversations are really interesting when you're talking to your fares sometimes i feel like it failed to really make me the player feel like what my character was supposed to be feeling so like in the game for example somebody will say something about uh i don't know just whatever they're talking about like they really like automatic driving cars and your character doesn't like them because it's putting her out of a job but they don't really do enough for me anyway to feel that anger so like my character would be raging mad and i'd be like what else like i'm not i'm not mad about it me as a player and i want to choose a dialogue option and the game wouldn't let me so i found it to be kind of frustrating because a lot of times what I wanted to say didn't match up with what my character wanted to say. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Uh, it wasn't huge. It just came up a couple times, but I felt like it was strange and a little bit of a bump for me. But what ended up happening was you get to the end of the game. And again, not going to spoil this, but it seems like the developers really want the game to end one specific way. So a lot of times at the end, I got railroaded into not being able to choose the things that I wanted to say. And ended up with an ending i don't know how many endings there are or if there are different ones i mean i suppose there are different ones i didn't look it up but on the track that i was on it was really frustrating because i had to talk to a person i didn't want to talk to Uh, i had to say things that i didn't want to say yeah and the way that the game ended up was like one million percent like the opposite of what i felt as a player and opposite of what i wanted so 
it, it reminded me a little bit of like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Carlos, but like, um, you know, like a way a long time ago, uh, I, I got into a fight with some kid in my neighborhood. I was been like six or seven, something like that, like a long time ago. And my uh, mom and dad, like, you know, yelled at me for whatever. And they were like, you go apologize. And it's like, I don't want to apologize. That fucker was the one who started it. You're going <laughs> to apologize anyway. And it's that feeling of like in your heart, you're fucking mad and you don't want to do this thing, but someone is forcing you to do it. Yeah. So that's how it felt with this game. Like I wanted to like tell this one character to fuck off and I wanted to make these other choices that I couldn't make. And the game like was like, nope, you're making these choices and that's the only choice you have. So like, it'll give you like four options to say three of them are locked off. You can only pick the last one. And that is really frustrating. Like and if you don't give me choices, if I can't choose them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was going to ask, is that like, do you think from the choices you made earlier is why you got down into that category? I mean, it's possible because I, I mean, maybe yes, maybe no. I haven't looked into like how much that depends because I mean, you have a choice of who you give a ride to. So probably who you give a ride to has bearing on it. But I mean, it was just really tough because I just wasn't feeling the things my character was feeling. And I think that really comes down to the writing. Um, it's good in general, but when they want you to feel something specific, I don't feel like they were able to do that convincingly. Like they just weren't able to get me emotionally on board. And when we finally got to the end, it just didn't make any sense to me emotionally at all. Like it didn't, didn't go where I thought it should go as a player. I felt very, very like, um, just railroaded down a track that I felt like I shouldn't be on. And it could be Mm. because of my choices, but if it is, it didn't make sense because I didn't see it coming and it didn't match up with what I had been doing. So I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But the end result was uh, I'm only going to play this game once. I'm not going to go back and play it again to get a different ending. Um, but I just felt really, really, like, incredibly frustrated at how big the gap was between what actually happened and what I felt as a player should be happening. Yeah. Uh, really put a sour taste in my mouth and really turned me off of that game. I mean, I don't want to be, like, a total asshole and, like, not mm-hmm. recommend it because I think that, like, 75% of this game is actually really, really cool. Uh, but that last 25% just <laughs> made me fucking bananas. Like I was ranting and raving and my wife was telling me to calm down. And I was like, this really ended in a very shitty way. So I can, I can see that scene, by the way, I can just easily see that scene. You're just like, but, but they, but I liked the whole thing before this and then, but this ending, fuck this ending. Um, and then she's like, basically exactly it. Yes. Yeah. You are dead. Correct. Sir. And she's that like caressing correct. your arm. Now, Brad, <laughs> Um, so what I, what I, it's just interesting tangent though, based on that is that you have choose your adventure games. You have games now that are really about player choice. And then you have the intersection of those two things. And I feel like that's where we live in with this particular review, because it's like, if, if there were choices that made you down to that one path that you didn't like at the end, then they weren't apparent to you. And if there wasn't, then you were thinking it was a choice game when it really wasn't a choice game. It was a, actually, this is what we want to say as the end of the story. So it feels like it's a mixture of the two because yeah, it's just like there are game developers who want to tell a story and your choices make a little bit of difference, but not really. And then there's ones where they're like, okay, you just, you just tell us the story. We want to hear how you would do this. That's a, that's a very astute observation. I'm glad you said that because I think you really hit the nail on the head. I I feel like Neocab falls directly in the middle of those two things. And I don't think being in the middle is a good place to be. Because if you're going to let me make the choices, let me make the choices. Do not block off the choices I want to make. Don't offer me the choices if I can't actually make them. 
Or if you just have a story in mind and you want to just tell that story, then just tell the story. Yeah. I'll, I'll go through it. I'll play it. I'll see the whole story. And I won't feel frustrated because I will not have been lured in by, by the illusion that I have choice. And I feel like Neocab kind of gets it wrong in both areas. And it just falls in that middle zone where it's just really frustrating. So yep. I still kind of, I mean, if it's on sale, grab it. Because I think a lot of it is genuinely pretty cool. But man, I just, in fact, maybe after the show, maybe I'll look it up and see what other things could have happened. Because that ending was just like phenomenally terrible it was just really 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 bad so anyway yeah. okay that's my bit on neocab um half recommendation i suppose um back over to you carlos uh you mentioned fallout 76 earlier and i know we kind of had a hot and cold on the last episode like you kind of liked it you're kind of gonna bounce we weren't sure what was gonna happen i feel like since we're talking about it right now that maybe you've gone back to it and you like it now yeah, I foreshadowed it like three times this episode already. So A lot of foreshadowing in this yeah. episode. Uh, this is the most foreshadowed episode ever. The foreshadow <laughs> episode. That's, that's the name. Uh, just write it down. Foreshadow episode. So, yeah, I like it, and I'm back. And similar to what we almost like, uh, you know, foretold is similar to your No Man's Sky business where you put it away and then came back to it. Um, but this one is much shorter in much shorter order. Uh, this was just last week, I think, that we talked about it. And last week, if you don't remember, me jumping back to Fallout 76, which is an online MMO-ish uh, version of Fallout. And I was frustrated because I got to play the Wastelanders DLC, and I bought that and went to go play through the kind of NPC-driven quest, which, you know, really didn't have uh, in the original Fallout 76. It was more like just robots telling you what to do. And now this is like an actual quest that's about 10 to 12 hours. And I can see that now. But I got frustrated because I got to a point where the, the quest giver said, okay, you have to be level 20. Or if, if not, then I'll see you later. Come back to me when you're level 20. And then I had an unfortunate series of incidents where I went to quests that were too difficult to probably beat at the moment, albeit incorrectly, you know. I think Not it's clearly a, labeled. Perhaps. Not clearly labeled. Thank you. Uh, so I went and decided to like, let's go do some smaller quests and see if I can just get to level 20 so I can go back and, and play this DLC that I bought. So I did that and there was enough quests. There's actually a fucking ton of quests that you can do that are smaller ones. And what I've learned pro tip, if you're playing Fallout 76, it's not really quests that give you the most experience. It's just killing bad guys. And if you find an area where you're getting, let's say, 50 or 100 XP for monsters, uh, ghouls or whatever it is, um, you can really level up pretty quickly. I mean, not like in five minutes, but it's much easier than just going through quests. You could just like... So just straight up combat rather than like quest completion is the yeah, way to go. If you want a yeah. power level. If you want a power level, or at least in this particular case, if you're trying to get to the next stage of this DLC, which, by the way... I'm here to tell you, I urge you to do it because it is very interesting what they introduce as soon as uh, this next phase uh, kicks over. And I'll tell you what this next phase is. The The beginning of the phase of the DLC was essentially fetch quest and it just didn't feel like a story. Uh, and, and this then, is Wastelanders we're talking about, correct? We're talking about Wastelanders DLC for the okay. Fallout 76. And so after you get to level 20 and you can talk to the overseer, um, she basically gives you two main quests. And there's not much of a spoiler here. And it's actually 
I'm telling you this because I want people to play it because I think it's good. Uh, the first one is very interesting because it's happening right now in the current state of the world. But in Fallout 76, in this world, in the area that you're in, Appalachia, there's basically a virus that can turn you into a ghoul. And I, the player, uh, come from from a vault, so I don't have I have antibodies or whatever. I'm fine, and I'm essentially immune to this. So, one of the main quests in this thing was me going to great lengths to set up the Nuka Cola plant and put my blood in like Gross. soda. <laughs> Disgusting. Or or life saving, some might say, or life saving. I mean, very true. A lot of cures are gross. It's just gross to think about it. So I literally went into a machine. They like took my blood, and I did all this other work to make the machines work. And essentially, you give like an inoculation formula to like groups of people, so they like can survive. So that's amazing and so timely. What were you gonna say? Oh, nothing, nothing. I was reeling with like how too real. Like you know, like it's it's funny you say this because. I'm sure that they didn't think about a virus when they made this game because, you know, games take a while to make. It's not like it's not like coronavirus hit and then they whipped out this quest really quickly. I'm sure yeah. this quest was in the works beforehand. But it's funny how the world works like that. So you're playing, you know, Wastelanders randomly and they're talking about a virus. And I think I was uh, I just been watching TV shows like I was rewatching um, Community recently, the TV show that has Joel McHale and a couple other people in it. And one of the episodes was about like, uh, the police getting out of hand and they were like putting on riot gear and they were beating up the students. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what is going on? I can't, Oh my God, oh my God I can't get away from it. Like it seemed like every show we were watching this week touched on those, like something that's going on in the real world. And I was just like, Oh my God, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Very well, interesting timing. Cosmic. I, well, I think it is cosmic and I think everything is linked into, to an optimistic tangent. Uh, that's why we can make differences and we can change our trajectory and it isn't locked and this is my moment of clarity and optimism in the podcast because everything is fucking connected. It's quantum physics and it isn't just random people doing random shit. Okay. This is, I'm inclined to agree with you. Dude. I'm on a soapbox. Right. Hold on. I'm not done. All right. It's <laughs> now I got myself worked up. It's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous that people, okay. Not ridiculous. It's unfortunate that people think when they look at the news and they see the tweets that that's it that's it we're done it's you know it's it's done everything's fucked people act randomly and they just do terrible things no it's all connected we all have a say we all can make change not just politically but like just with our minds with energy and i think to go away from that soapbox for a minute that is why when you do like read a book or watch a movie or you know something connects like you're saying with, with what you're watching and with even this we, I think we see as humans, we can see that pattern. Now this is real heady shit because <laughs> what, why, like, obviously the quest is about like curing a disease of monsters, but that quest has happened before in other games, but oh, sure. it's because it's happening now. So then I position myself in that game and in the world and see the connection. I'm making the connections. So I just think that, yeah, it, it is cosmic. We are connected. And in this particular DLC, you could be the hero and you could just, you know, take a little bit of your blood, put it in some Coke, uh, Nuka-Cola and, you know, save people. So 
That's uh, to be clear, we don't advocate actually putting blood in any real cola. No. Please, folks, do not do that. Even if you're really healthy right now, please don't go and do that. Don't share your, your antibodies with anybody without their consent, please. Or yeah, the medical yeah. advice of a professional. No, this is only for the DLC wastelanders in a video, video game, game. Like, full disclaimer, we do not take any any responsibility if you drink Coke with blood in it. We are not advocating that at all. Please don't no. do that. Let's, let's get off that topic and move on to uh, the second part of this is DLC that's really cool. And these are both mini spoilers, but they're very good because they're going to get people to play this. I, I If you like Fallout and you like the world of Fallout and want to be in it more often, especially right now, go escape distraction. Uh, they actually introduce like different settlers and people like coming to this area. And then you get to go talk with them. So if you remember Fallout 4... There was very distinct factions, and you had to make decisions to side with different ones. Remember? I didn't play Fallout Four very much. Oh. I really didn't care for it. I really loved New Vegas, and it kind of. I haven't enjoyed Fallout since then. I did well, not care for. Fallout that's 4. fine because New Vegas and Outer Worlds from the same developers has that same thing where there's factions. Tons of people to meet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I know you want to. You want to align yourself with them, right? So, anyways, the point is this thing has that, and it's like it seems so epic of what the real goal is of this DLC, which I won't spoil, that I, I'm in, I'm totally blown away. You just got to get over that hump, and I would say go level up with some killing some baddies. So let me ask you this, Carlos. Um, you know, I, although I did not like Fallout 4, I would say that I am in general a Fallout fan. Um, I've played most of the games. The early ones just a little bit because I'm not much of a PC player, and I really wish they would come to Switch or something. Or at least get a PS4. They wouldn't work on Switch. I'm going to tell you that for sure. Yeah, I didn't think they would. They really I mean, I just, I'm just not going to play them on PC because I just don't like playing on PC, which is it's my own thing. It's my it's my, my problem. That's my issue. Um, but I do like Fallout in general. I am on board in general with it. So, like, let's say, for me, uh, if I was to buy a copy of Fallout 76 and then I got the DLC Wastelanders that goes with this, for me, who has not played this game at all, if I was starting from square one, zero, absolutely nothing, would I be able to go straight into like this new good content? Would I have to grind for a little while to get up to be able to do it? Because I know that you had a level cap of level 20. That was your problem. I mean, like, what kind of a time commitment are we talking about? Would you estimate for somebody like me coming to it cold before I could get to the good stuff? If, you know, we don't do any homework on this show. We've made that clear, right? Very clear. Because that would mean I would just have an answer for you right now. But now I've got to, like, weasel my way around the question. I mean, just just rough guesstimate. Are you talking, like, 20 hours of grind before I get to the good stuff? Is it, like, could I start at the good stuff? I mean, okay. like, what, what would be the... Well, here's my reason why I don't have the answer. And then we could obviously just Google search this. Or people are, like, screaming at the radio. Because that's how they hear this podcast, right? Radio. People listen to us on the radio. That's um, true. By the way, if you ever do that, please let us know which channel we're on. Because I'd like to tune in. Uh, also tell other people what a radio is, please. Yes. Also, there's a thing called radio. So I'm saying that because you can like start day one and get to the Wastelanders DLC right away. But when you get to the part that I'm talking about, I had to go to level 20. I don't know if that uh, scales because and I'm thinking it might because the early stuff I had to do before I got to that was pretty easy. So I feel like maybe they maybe they scale it uh, again i don't have that answer but i would say that the good shit is what i'm into now and the stuff before that you know i would say you'd have to grind for a while just in the world that then again there's a bunch of regular quests in the beginning that are pretty fun you know 
Like not just fetch quests. Oh yeah, totally. Like I mean, there's like any type of quest you can think of in that game. One time I was just getting honey for a robot because he wanted to make some tea, and I was like, "This seems pointless," but also he was very funny and charming, and he gave me some of the tea. Well, there you go. If he's splitting tea with you, how can you say no? It's a really good tea. It gave me XP bonus or something. So I don't know. If <laughs> here's the thing, my biggest thing is this to you and to anybody else. Do you want to lose yourself in the world of Fallout? Then this game does that. Like it really does. Like, you just like you can wander aimlessly forever, do a million quests, and never come out of the world. And I send essentially just now every evening go back in, and I, I'm I'm lucky because I am level twenty two now, and I can actually do a lot of this other quest stuff. I can't say that I'm not tempted because I really did enjoy Fallout Three, and I enjoyed New Vegas even more. Probably one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so I would be up for like more of that, but four kind of soured me a little bit and everybody was saying that 76 was just like this janky broken mess. I mean, I'm sure it's been fixed and patched since then, but I'm not much for the MMO type of game. And I mean, Wastelanders is kind of talking my language. That does sound like it's going in the direction that I would be interested in, but I don't know if I'm ready to commit yet. I'll, I'm going to hold off. Hold off and, and, do, and let's do some research or get some yeah. replies from people and say, does it scale? I'm sure we can figure that out because if it doesn't or if it does, then that I would say, yeah, maybe give it a try because you can get if you can get to this stuff pretty soon. It's pretty cool content. OK, that's fair. That's fair. All right, cool. I'm sure we will check in with Fallout 76 again. Thank you for bringing your update. Um, let me talk about what I've been putting a lot of time into this week neo 2 uh it is the sequel to neo n-i-o-h which is the i mean souls like uh action game from team ninja who are the makers of ninja gaiden that recent series uh i am not a fan of ninja gaiden at all don't even like it a bit but i loved the original neo i thought it was wonderful i honestly think it's their best work i think it's the best game Team Ninja's ever done. And they have now delivered Neo 2, which I believe is a PS4 exclusive. I'm pretty sure it is. Is that out right now, um, or are you playing a preview? No, it is out right now. I think it came oh. out maybe a month or two months ago. And uh, I just wasn't in the mood for it at the time because we were like really deep in the most intense coronavirus stuff, and there was a lot of stuff going on in real life. And we just it just seemed like I didn't want to play like a Souls-like or anything that was really harsh at that time. I think I was playing yeah. a lot of like cross and i was playing a lot of like you know like like harvest moon type stuff because i needed something that was really safe and didn't have any sharp edges because life was like really stressful yeah. um so i started you know things kind of got better and i i still had neo 2 hanging around and i decided to give it a shot because I, I think the mood was just was right for it now um before we talk about it carlos have you played neo at all or neo obviously not neo 2 but did you play the first one yeah i was biting my tongue when you said the word because i was i wanted to say my my thoughts uh, i oh man you didn't, I re- you didn't care for it did you well no i'm not a souls person and and that's a very clear thing if you listen to the podcast i don't like being frustrated and being angry and i don't want to hear the get good thing um if if I, if I die enough times then I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm playing the game. And also, like you said, especially when you are down about a bunch of things, if you just right. get also down about a game. But that being said, I did play Neo 1. Uh, I think I bought because I'm, by the way, I'm a crazy motherfucker. Okay. Uh, companies. <laughs> Goes com- without saying. Okay. Okay. But companies, <laughs> you are, you should be my best friend. You should like give me free t-shirts and stuff. I buy every fucking game. 
All right, almost full <laughs> price. I am a crazy motherfucker. You do buy way more full price games than I do. I buy maybe like two a year, and everything else is on sale. Two a year? In. Holy shit! I've got. I don't. Problems I don't pay then. full price for jack shit, dude. Not not anything. You know no how way. some people have like addictions, you know, like and they they're addicted to different things. This is must be one of mine because I got fucking problems. Anyways, my point is, <laughs> I bought Neo on a whim. And I know that I don't like difficult games, but I loved the visuals so much and the world they built. And I, I heard through the, the grapevine that potentially it wasn't as difficult. And if you figured out certain ways to dodge, you could like, you know, do pretty good. And that game is so beautiful. And I got in again, played full fucking price for it. Probably a million dollars. I know where this is going. Oh, you know where going. it's going. I know where this is going. All of a sudden I show up to a boss the first because I was doing pretty good. Like with regular people. And I was like, damn, those motherfuckers are right. The grapevine was right. I'm going to have fun with this, and it looks beautiful. I get to a guy who throws his balls at me. Big-ass balls. Hits me with the balls. Yes, it sounds funny. That's why I say it. That's why I'm saying it. Massive balls. You just kept hitting me with these massive balls. (laughs) And fucking just dying over and over again. And I saw no way around his balls. There's no way around his balls. His balls are too powerful for me. Oh man, oh, this is what, this man. is what you come to the podcast for. We we got no one is more in the pocket for ball talk than us here at So Video Games. No, we, we are definitely we have the ball talk it. covered. And yeah, if you don't want if you play Neo One, you know what I mean. There's like just an enemy that swings around these oh, yeah. huge metal weapons that are these massive balls. I know so, exactly the guy you're talking. He's inside like the pirate ship on the beach. You go inside the pirate yep, ship. Yep, that's exactly where I stopped the game. That's exactly where I stopped the game. It's weird. Neo is weird. And I played Neo 1. Now, I will say Neo 1, it, it did have its difficulty spikes. And it's strange because I feel like that game is more difficult at the beginning than it is at the end. Um, and that's kind of true for Neo 2 as well. I know what you're saying, though, about Neo 1. I I did play that same part. I did struggle at that part as well. Um, you beat the balls, though. Yeah, I did. I mean, I beat that whole game and then... Uh, had a great Jeez. time with it. I thought it was just really well done. Just really liked the campaign. Um, I felt like once I got over um, the difficulty, I just it was. A, I just had a blast with it. I thought it was great. One of, for me, it's one of the only, one of the only games inspired, obviously inspired by Dark Souls, but that actually manages to carve out its own identity. And I, mm. and they did it by really changing a lot of the systems, changing the pace of play, really changing the focus of how that game worked. While it still was very clearly inspired by Souls, it did not feel like Souls to me. Like a lot, the same like Souls muscles that I use, the same brain space didn't quite work. And it carved out its own identity, which is great uh, because I think too many Souls likes just do literally the exact same thing that FromSoft does and just like change your character or maybe change one or two of the systems but keep most of it the same or they keep a lot of the mechanics even if it doesn't make sense because that's what souls does so that's what they do also there's a lot of copycats that just really don't understand why souls works the way that it does for people you know who it works for uh but team ninja really went off in their own direction they took the pieces that they liked but they put their own spin on them and then they put a bunch of other shit in there that like isn't in souls and so it really was to me one of the most successful in the souls like genre i really like it a lot mm. um the dlc was garbage like absolute garbage i was shocked at how perfect the campaign was but the dlc was so hard it was full of these like bosses that would kill you with one hit and like t- ambush after ambush in the levels with really hard guys and i was di- i mean i had completed the whole game no problem and then i got to the dlc and i was like i was smashed into oblivion by how fucking difficult it was and yeah. it wasn't even difficult like 
like like get good difficult it was just like we don't want you to be here fuck off and die why are you playing this difficult right and i i oh man it just really soured me really so i love neo one i do not recommend the dlc the dlc is terrible but with that in mind um I still had the fond memories of Neo 1 and Neo 2 came out. And that was honestly part of why I didn't want to jump back into it because I was worried that Team Ninja had kept going with that same level of difficulty. Yeah. Uh, because let's, let's, I mean, real talk, folks. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, not a great series. And those games are all way too fucking hard. I don't know if you're a Ninja Gaiden fan, Carlos. Are well, you like why that series? Why would I or? be? Are you insane? I didn't think you would. You never know, dude. Because, like, I don't want to assume anything. I, I left that door open in case you liked it. Oh, but um, f- fun fact, by the way, my brother loves that game and has, like, destroyed it and beat it. We are, like, opposites on that way. Mm, like, I, mm. I can't, like, I just can't deal with it. And, yeah, he loves that game. I remember him saying I, that. Oh, man. Can't stand it. So, I really, I, it's funny because I really don't like Team Ninja. I don't have a lot of respect for their work prior to Neo. And then out of the blue, they make Neo number one. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is so well balanced. It's so well done. I don't understand how the guys that made Ninja Gaiden could make Neo. It seems like a totally different team. So anyway, I held off on Neo 2. But I just just felt like it was time. I wanted to play it. I had a copy of it here from uh, Gamefly. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give it a shot. And I'm happy to say that it is great. It is wonderful. They have gone back to the pace and the structure and the balance of the original Neo, which was great. Uh, they got away from the difficulty of the DLC, which was good. That's what I was afraid of. And they've really polished off a lot of the hard edges. They've given the player a lot of systems to play with. And I think that it's just a really wonderful uh, experience. Still combat focused, um, still, you know, tough. It's tough. It's not tough. I mean, it's not it's not easy, but it's not crazy hard either. And they give you a lot of things to mitigate it. Um, one of the things is they give you a bunch of weapons from the beginning and you can choose like two so you can play with them you can switch between them you got to find something that works for you and i took a long time in the first level like going back and forth between the weapons and trying one of this and maybe this is a good balance for this other weapon and i don't like this one too much i'm gonna go back to this other one so i took a long time to, to get comfortable with the systems and the weapons so i finally found a mix that works for me that felt good and as you go through the game they take their time with the tutorials which is nice they uh, teach everything in a very slow manner there's an area you can go to to just practice and i did that for a while i just like just practiced on the the training dummies until i really got the systems down but on top of that monster hunter by the way yeah yeah i mean same but better like same concept but they do it better than capcom does which is which is good um but the thing that really makes it even better than that is they really give you a lot of ways to mitigate your own difficulty so if you want to go through the game with a buddy like an ai buddy you can they give you this resource which is very easy to get it's a very common resource and all through the game you see these little blue tombstones and if you summon a friend from one of those it'll be an ai but it'll go with you like you can you can play through the game like in in fake co-op if you want to so if you feel like the enemies are too tough you feel like they ambush you too much or you feel like it's just a little bit overwhelming you summon a little friendly ghost from one of these tombstones and you have like a buddy to go with you. you go, I've been playing it like with a little buddy for most of the game and I feel like it's awesome. Like they draw the aggro, they take some of the heat off you, give you some chance to breathe when the enemies are too thick. It's wonderful. And then also, you can also summon real people if you need to. The real people are always better than the AIs. Um, so when I get to some of the bosses, I'll try them myself at first and if they get kind of frustrating, I'll try them a couple times. I'll be like, I don't want to be frustrated. I really like this game, except for this one part that's hard. I just go back and summon like it's a rando, and you don't. They don't talk to you or anything. There's no, there's no trolling or anything. No it's mics. cooperative and no mic. Uh, no, there's no way for them to troll you at all. Like it's they help you, and that's all they can do is help you. 
Um, so you just go into a boss and you, like, you wreck the boss when you've got a live person playing. And there's a lot of high level people who just like spend their time helping lower level players out. And you get past that boss with the help and you just go back to the fun part. And it's just really, really cool. I like that they make it so easy. It's it's uh, They want you to use those systems. Those systems are obvious and they're easy to use. And uh, I mean, overall, I'm just really liking it a lot. I'm spending time going through every single level, combing every level, taking my time grinding out the gear that I want to grind out and, and tweaking my weapon. There's all sorts of options you can do. And if you want to fiddle with gear and just like enjoy systems, like Neo 2 is a real systems heavy game and all the systems are really well done. Uh, I just, I like it a lot. I really hmm. like it a lot. And you would say that the ghost seek thing makes it easier then. Oh, to- totally easier. I mean, going through with somebody watching your back the whole time is way easier than going through on your own. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't make it, super easy because i still die a fair amount but it's it's it i like that i have the option right because like fighting anything with two people is automatically better than fighting with one so yeah that is really good i yeah go ahead i was gonna say it's 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 intriguing me but then i know i've been no don't play it carlos don't i've been hurt before don't do it if you if you no 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 the the ball guy's not in this one right the ball guy's not in there He's not in there, and I mean, the plus side would be, like, if you get to one of the bosses, you could just team up with a real person or an AI, and it would be much easier right. than doing it yourself. See, that is, um, that's attractive. But um, I, I wouldn't recommend it, dude. If you if you get frustrated at dying, and I don't know that this is your zone, I mean, I love this game a lot. I like it a lot. And I will say also, um, one thing that some people have kind of knocked it for, but I think was just fine with me, was the first Neo, like you said, was a really beautiful game, really well put together, very polished. This game, like, in terms of, like, production, it basically looks exactly like neo one like some of the assets are the same some of the um animation is the same like it looks if you had a picture of neo one neo two side by side i don't think you could tell them apart i think they look identical but neo one looked great and neo two looks equally great just don't expect like a like a big step forward you know what i mean like if you want more neo this is more neo and it's better neo and it's more polished neo and i loved it the first time so i'm loving it the second time but right. don't, ex- you know, if you didn't care for it the first time, this is just more of that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think for the Souls people, it's going to be something that you that might really dig and check it out. And I agree with you on that statement of that they did make it their own. And that's what I was intrigued with, you know. I still hit the wall of, okay, this is still um, not up my alley because it's too difficult right. for me. Right. But um, I think that people who like that stuff. By the way, here, interesting tangent and not too long, but... Uh, and this is going to get people mad at me for some reason because people are weird on the internet. But I've never played Bloodborne. Okay. Which is a big statement, I think. People like love uh, that some game Some people so think much. that's a big statement. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but a lot of people would, would think right. crazy. They're like, sure. holy shit. Now, I love the look of it. And again, it's just a stunning thing. And just like Neo, I was like, holy shit, this is beautiful. And I've been tempted to go to it because it feels like even though it's a Soulsy type game and it's difficult, there's definitely ways to, I wouldn't say game the system, but at least understand how to, to maneuver within it. So that's the one, the one of the only PS4 games probably I, that I don't own because again, I'm a crazy person and I keep looking at it on sale going like, ugh. but you're it's funny. You're, it's funny. You bring this up. I'm, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because that is a perfect segue into my final statement on Neo too. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so a lot of people, that I was talking to before I started playing Neo 2 were kind of like grousing about, Oh, it's too hard. It's too hard. And that was one thing that really kind of like gave me some pause. Right. Cause I'm not up for something that's balls hard right now. I'm not, I am not in the get good crowd. I don't subscribe to that belief. I want something to be balanced. I mean, I'm up for a challenge, but like make it fair. Give me, 
give me some options. Let me work through it, you know, and I feel like Neo 2 is successful at that. But um, I will say very clearly, I do not feel that either one, either Neo or Neo 2 are anywhere near as difficult as some of the stuff in FromSoft's catalog. I think a lot of the stuff in and I've played all of it. I've played literally all the FromSoft stuff. So like nobody at me about I don't know what I'm talking about. I've, I've played all the FromSoft stuff. Um, so I think that the FromSoft stuff in general is a lot harder than what you're doing in Neo. And Neo 2, I think, is nowhere near, not even in the same ballpark as some of the bullshit that some of the Souls games put you through. So I think if you want the Souls flavor, but you don't want it to be as hard and as get good as some of the Souls stuff, this is a good option for you. Still mm. challenging, but not nearly as challenging. And in regard to Bloodborne, Bloodborne is really fucking hard, dude. I <laughs> I would not recommend it to you. If you... Like, if you couldn't get past that guy with the balls in that ship, like, forget about, like, put Bloodborne out of your mind. You will not be able to play that game. It's brutal. I, it's really fast. It's it's heartless. It's really difficult. I mean, I played it all the way through. I even played the DLC. I completed that game 100%. I do not recommend it to you at all. Okay. I won't play it, but I do want to have a whole episode because we don't have themed episodes very often, but I want to have one because I have too many things to say about this soul stuff. And I, I, right. want, I want to have a episode about it. So we'll talk about it. We can it. do a totally separate episode. We yep. can absolutely do that. All right. That is what I have to say about Neo 2. I give it a thumbs up. Total recommendation. I love it. I'm just, I'm sinking a lot of time into it. I think it's wonderful. I love Neo 2. Cool. Um, so that is it for me. But Carlos, you have just one more little little tidbit to offer, correct? I have two tidbits. I'll, tell you, I'll say them pretty quickly. We're coming in a nice hour, almost a microsode. Uh, one, I played Those Who Will Remain because I mentioned I was going to play it last episode. Uh, my eye is this game PS4 this PS4 okay. um, it's a super indie game I don't know how many people it was made but it feels like a few people and small team okay uh-huh. small team um, yeah it's, it's a horror game right like scary scary horror and I think I remember telling you I was gonna try it and you're like I'm out of here Get, don't even tell me about it I'm scared that trailer was spooky yeah, yeah I was I was creeped out by the trailer but it's not and like I thought it was it's not really a scary game it's got creepy elements but it's more about uh, you know, going into the mind, understanding what what someone's thinking about, what their past is, their past coming back to haunt them, that kind of a thing. So psychological in that way. And it's, again, an indie game. So I feel like when it's if it's indie enough, you can see the edges. And when you can see the rough edges on things, it's not as scary. So right. it feels like a Silent Hill game. Like when Silent Hill came out, um, we all were like, that's pretty fucking scary and creepy, but also it's a PS one game, right? So like, it's not definitely gonna... some jank going on. Yeah. For there's sure. some jank around the edges. So I feel like the same thing is this way. It feels like a silent Hill game. It feels kind of like an early resident evil game and it's first person. And you really quickly ramps up. You, you, you start at a hotel and then all of a sudden you're like weird cosmic shit's happening. Like, Oh, it has very much vibes of Alan Wake. Okay. Very much, okay. very much. First person Alan Wake indie game. That's what this game is like. And it just gets, it puts you in really weird, like metaphysical and odd places and things that don't make sense, but slowly kind of creep back into the idea of like, well, this is probably about this guy's past. And I bet you it's going to kind of loop together about his wife or this thing or, you know, something. And so there's really cool, creepy characters in the distance. There's some really interesting way they do gameplay when it comes to physics, which I really like. Um, I can't really recommend it because I'm based on one problem, which kind of reminds me of the ball guy, but 
Uh, oh my god! If you tell me somebody smacks you around with huge balls in this game, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, well, I won't. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it isn't. It isn't balls. But it's um, it's funny because the whole game has this kind of exploratory element, which I don't know if that's a word. But you're exploring and you're kind of just like doing these puzzles and figuring out what's really going on. And then all of a sudden, you've got to get to this one area. It's like like go up these stairs. And there's a monster. And in general, there's been like creepy things around, but nothing like I'm going to come get you and you're going to die, you know? Mm -hmm. So the first monster that shows up, you just die a bunch. Like, I don't know a ray around him. I didn't YouTube it. I didn't Google search, but I felt like I shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this whole game is giving me this one feel. And all of a sudden now I'm in this area where it's a boss in quotes. And I feel like, Every time he sees me, he just comes over and he kills me. And there's no, that's it. Like, there's no. Is anything. it one of those, like, you got to run away and hide sort of a monster? I don't. Sequences? That's the, at this point, I don't know what they want me to do. Like, uh, I okay. think I see where the object is that I've got to get to. And it's one of those things where, like, see what his pattern is. He's going to go this way. Then he's going to go this way. So I waited for his fucking pattern and then ran for this object that I think I needed to get. And every time he came over and killed me. So mm. I'm out again. It's just like the balls all over again. <laughs> I mean, that sounds definitely like a, uh-oh, got to go to YouTube moment, which is never good. Never, I know. Never and good, I, and so. I'm kind of interested to do it just because I like small teams. I like them making this interesting story. It's got jank, but it's got also some really interesting, creepy moments. So, man, oh, man, I, I might look at YouTube and uh, I might go back. All right. And you said you mentioned you had one other little uh, thing to mention, right? Just on indie game front, there's a game right now on PS4. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there with decision making. Uh, Sony, I love you. <laughs> but uh, there's like a million good games on Dreams that could be ported over to a PS4 game like right now. And you'd be okay. like, shit, I'll pay for that because there's like incredible shit being made in Dreams. I've seen Th some videos. Yeah, some crazy stuff. Yeah. And this game is not made in Dreams. I don't think. And it is, I don't want to say garbage to indie game developers, but it's not a finished game. And it's like, literally, it's a racing game called Racing Bros. And it's free. Oh, God. Free. Stop with that title, dude. And I can't with that title. Wait, you can't, can't. Wait, wait, you can't with some of this other stuff I'm going to tell you. Oh, my God. This is part of the distraction of our podcast. Racing oh, Bros, it's a racing game. The physics are all fucking whack. You, you start the game and it goes... Um, now, now, next up, racing. <laughs> next up, as, as opposed to what like, I know, what right? Would you be doing, and the, and it says your goal, uh, beat the mafia because now they're here for some reason. Oh my god! And reach the goal first, and that's it. And then you you do a race. It's bad if you hit brake. Sometimes you'll just go like fall over to the left, like just by braking. You'll like the physics will make you like your car tip over. <laughs> Um, one time I did a jump and landed, but I had my brakes on and I stopped immediately as soon as I landed. <laughs> oh man. Um, there's physics all over like ice and weird balls. Oh wait, there are balls in this. Oh Gosh, man. This is, this is the balls. This episode, is the balls episode. Sure. Put that in on this. Carlos hates balls. Yeah. Well, it's just fucked up, man. There's just too many balls in this episode. So there's like snowballs. There's like, uh, like stone balls coming at you. <laughs> There really is a lot of balls. And so oh uh, 
the physics are messed up and, and it's so ridiculous. And then when you when it ends and someone crosses the finish line, it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter where you are on the track. It just cuts to a cutscene uh, that says winner. It doesn't even necessarily show the winner sometimes. And then rock music comes in like wow. <laughs> and that's I I it. That album. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous thing. And by the way, I did win one race because I was like fucking mad and I was like, I'm going to win one of these dumbass races with all these fucking snowballs. And I won one and it did the rock music and I was like, okay, I did it. Now you can delete it safely. Oh, it's done. It's deleted. It's been deleted. So I I bring it up because I just don't understand what is the decision process. I mean, like, I have a game I'm working on right now. It's not finished. It's a platformer. It could be on there. If Racing Bros gets up there. I I am with you in your confusion because I've played some games recently that just feel really not finished, really not done. And I I question why people put them on the store because, like, if people remember you putting up a shit game, they're going to be way less inclined to buy your next game. Like, like put out your best effort. And if that's the best you can do, then I guess, okay. But I'm playing a lot of games lately that just straight up feel unfinished. And also as to your point, why would you put these on your marketplace? Like Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, like why would you put these in your marketplace? If these are crap, is no one curating these? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where's the curation? Do you really need the, the licensing fee that much Nintendo that you're going to put, some junk games in the eShop. Sony, are you hurting for cash? You got to let Racing Bros on your shop. I mean, well, that's what I'm that saying. Racing Bros is free. Fee. Yeah, but Racing Bros is free. So you, what are they Oh, making? it was free? I didn't know it was free. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Right. Well, that's the thing that happened, I guess. That's the thing that happened. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us, folks. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is the show. Uh, as usual, we love to get your questions and comments, especially right now. If you got something to say, if you want to just let us know what you're thinking, we'll let us know how you're doing. We are here for you. Please hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. Also on Twitter at so video games, but hit us up individually. That usually works better. Carlos, uh, where can people find you this week? Uh, just Twitter. Oh, now just, yeah, definitely hit us up for anything. Cause you've been doing that recently. A lot of you. And, um, we'll just talk about stuff that you're talking about on the show too. So absolutely. Absolutely. We are here for you. Uh, as for me, same as usual, Twitter and Instagram, uh, mostly Twitter, not so much Instagram this particular week, but you can find me either way. So my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And folks, that is going to do it for episode 184. Thank you again for joining us on the Soviet Games podcast. Thank you very much for your messages. Uh, I will be here doing this again back before you know it. Uh, But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. And also, um, if anybody has a Nuka-Cola bottle that Nuka-Cola, could you send me one? Because, like, I missed missed it when they sold those. You remember they used to... But don't put your blood in it, though. Oh, but I don't... Nope. No blood, please. Yeah.